Good day and a chilly December crackling fire hello to all from WPKN, listener-supported radio. It's our pleasure to be here today. I'm Bonnie Likes, and this is What's Happening New Haven. Also with me is engineer Sean Bigler. And we've got some very interesting events to share with you, uh, even one you can physically attend uh, that's not only steeped in creative inspiration, but, but waiting right in the heart of New Haven if you'd like to get out and about in the city sphere. And we'll talk about that in the second half of the show with Kayla Liddell Gallery. But first up this hour, we're visited by Anne Dutton, Director of Mindfulness Education at the Yale Stress Center. Wednesday, December 9th, she'll be leading a virtual series with Yale Art Gallery that explores light and luminosity in works from the gallery's collection. The series is titled Veritas in Lux, a mindful look at illumination in art. Anne Dutton is a mindfulness and meditation instructor, psychotherapist, somatic therapist, clinician also for ongoing research trials at Yale, and a Buddhist scholar. She teaches the mindfulness-based stress reduction course at the Yale Stress Center and the Copper Beach Institute in Hartford. So she'll share the details about the December 9th Veritas in Looks, a mindful look at illumination in art virtual series. Anne Dutton, welcome to What's Happening New Haven. Thanks for joining us on the program today. Thanks for having me. So, Anne, before we delve into who you are and what initially inspired you to cultivate a mindfulness practice in your own life, can we begin with the details about the upcoming virtual series, uh, Yale Art Gallery's Veritas and Lux, A Mindful Look at Illumination and Art? Would you give us an overview and how and why it began and what those who register for the December 9th 2 p.m. webinar can likely look forward to? Sure. The mindfulness and art workshops in general started in the summer of 2019 as a collaboration between myself and Liliana Milkova, who is the Nolan Curator of Education and Academic Affairs at the Yale Art Gallery. Uh, so Liliana oversees the Art Gallery's public education, public programs, and academic affairs. And as you know, I teach mindfulness at the Yale Medical School. And at that time, Danielle Cassiopo, who does the programming for Being Well at Yale, was also involved. And Liliana and I thought that the act of looking at a work of art and the practice of mindfulness, which is really just the practice of paying close, deliberate attention to one's experience from moment to moment, we thought these would be natural allies. And by offering a close look at one specific work of art and interweaving this with mindfulness practice, poetry, and discussion, our goal was to offer participants an opportunity to encounter individual works of art in the gallery in a focused way that fully engages the intellect, the senses, and the imagination. And the Veritas in Lux series, uh, whose name is a pun on the Yale motto, Looks at Veritas, (laughs) (laughs) started this fall. And it was Liliana's idea to choose works of art related to light. Mm. Um, I thought this was really brilliant. Um, No pun intended. (laughs) (laughs) Because light and luminosity have long been associated with the practice of mindfulness meditation. Mm. So as far as our process goes, Liliana and I choose the work together. And then separately, we do quite a bit of research and thinking about the work. And then we get together and talk about our impressions, our associations, and our findings. And the specifics of each workshop arise out of these conversations. Um, The structure of the workshops has evolved over time, but they have core elements, which which are an initial cursory look at the work, um, a guided mindfulness practice inspired by the work, 
a poem or a reading that is imaginatively related, a closer and more detailed look at the work, and then an opportunity for participants to share their thoughts. How wonderful. Also, yeah. Yeah. We also provide some basic information about the work of art at the end, uh, but we save this for the end so that participants can engage with the work uh, free of ideas and preconceptions, you know, with the, the mind of a beginner. So um, at first, when we started this series, we held, they were, the workshops were held at an exhibit space in the gallery where we could display the work and it was easy to have a dialogue in which everybody could participate. Um, due to the pandemic, of course, we're now meeting virtually and looking at a digital representation of the work. And since we can't have real-time dialogue, we solicit comments and questions in the chat box, and then Liliana or I will read them aloud and discuss them. Uh, with the theme of light, illumination light, how did you curate uh, the collection? Um, how did we select the work? Was theme? it from a specific pool within Yale? Or, yes, how did you select uh, the, the artwork? All the works are selected from the collection at the Yale Art Gallery, but many of them are not on display. And so we go through the, um, you know, the inventory at the gallery, and we try to vary the medium. So our last workshop was an actual uh, light, a, a work of art made out of light. Or it might be a woodblock print showing light or, you know, just different kinds of medium. But we were looking for things that have to do with light. Yes, how wonderful. Well, it sounds like the perfect uh, presentation for the month of December. Um, but now, yes, I'd like to get back to that, loop back to that in a moment. But first, we'd love to hear about your background. You are a Buddhist scholar, a somatic therapist, a teacher, a psychotherapist, just to name a few manifestations on your path. And would you share the beginning impetus of your own practice of mindfulness? How did this all begin for you? Well, for me, uh, it was quite a long time ago, uh, about 43 years ago, when I was um, in a very bad car accident, I was sitting next to the driver and we crashed on that side of the car. And I wasn't sure whether I could, I was injured one of my legs and wasn't sure whether it would have to be amputated or not. And I was mm. in a wheelchair for six months and it was, it was quite a shock for a very young person who depended a lot on her body. So I kind of embarked on a quest at that point to find something that could help me. And I eventually ended up in Japan and studying with a Japanese meditation teacher. And after having really looked around a lot, but um, that's really what made the most sense to me and, and grabbed me. And that's how it started. Wow. And so your, your studies were, were there in, in Japan, that's how you cultivated uh, your your scholarship and your, your process. Yes, um, I was there for about eight years. And then I returned back to the United States to continue my study. And the practice of mindfulness has always been a central thread in my life. Yes, what might be a typical day for you as you combine uh, these the elements that you've absorbed and embodied over the years into everyday functioning? For example, is it important to have a set ritual of meditation every day? Or, um, you know, your yoga practice, is this something that you do every single day? Well, I certainly think it's important to do a practice daily. Um, my primary practice is meditation. So that is something that I do every day. And I like to do it either when I wake up in the morning or um, sort of early evening. Um, I also, you know, am on Zoom with my Sangha, my, my meditation buddies um, on the weekends and some weeknights. So daily practice is very important. 
and then weekly practice with the group, and then <clears throat> regular um, silent retreats. And my yoga practice is not daily. You know, I would say it's more weekly. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It's important, but um, it's it's the fundamental practice for me is is that of seated seated practice. Right, yoga yoga engages the body on a on a different level. Uh, I think uh, many would agree that they probably, you know, for, for those in, in a serious yoga practice, sometimes it, it's certainly not every day. The The body kind of can tell you when it wants to engage, I yeah. think. Yes. <laughs> right. Yeah. So it, on, the, on the topic of mindfulness, Anne, is this sometimes a difficult topic to teach? We have so many individual experiences, but yet we're also, as human beings, so universal. Is it is it challenging to teach mindfulness to say a beginning group who who are not familiar with it no it's actually wonderful to teach it to a beginning group who's who are not familiar with it because my approach is not to teach things in a conventional didactic way you know like you might learn from reading from a book it's to show people how to practice and then sit and practice together with them and then say, okay, what happened? What did you experience? So I always tell them, you know, that we're a, a group of experts because the textbook is your own experience and everybody is the expert on their own experience. So when they come in without a lot of preconceived ideas, it's almost easier. Yes. Now, it, it, it's always been so interesting to me how the challenges that human beings can face go back so far into ancient ancient times why is that why are our human experiences you know so unchanging in a sense essentially why do you suppose that is well <laughs> i'm going to go out on a limb here please and, and say that i think what doesn't change is the fact that as we move through life uh, some things feel really good and other things don't and I think we're just biologically wired that way. You know, it's it's very rare to find a person who says that feeling sad feels really good. You know, for most people, it doesn't feel so good. Mm-hmm. Or touching a hot stove feels really good. For most people, it really doesn't. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, <laughs> we, we've got this <clears throat> sort of body-mind that interacts with the world in terms of, oh, I like this, and oh, I don't like that. And I think that's just built into our evolution, our DNA. Yes, yes. And and uh, the way that, uh, now, do you, in your teachings, when you when you teach a group, do you, do you get on the topic of ego? Um, I'm thinking of uh, Eckhart Tolle. He, he focuses on, you know, the what he calls the pain body. Do you do you go into that sort of branch of of uh, the human system uh, of psyche uh, when you teach groups? I do not talk about ego, mm-hmm. um, and there's a reason for that. It's because most of the time when people talk about ego, they're splitting themselves up into parts of themselves that they would label bad or they don't like. Or, and parts of themselves that they do like, you know, so they'll say, oh, you know, that was just my ego and I shouldn't be doing that or something like that. I, I don't want to encourage people to think of themselves in parts or in, you know, as split up. And I also don't want to encourage them to have a lot of intellectual ideas that they're applying to their practice. Mm. I'd rather have the practice be central and then figure out how to articulate what their experience is. Yes, because I guess the, the problem is when we start to label things, then the labels kind of take over. And right. we start to identify with the labels. So it can be, yes. So that that sounds like a very uh, productive, effective way to just look at the, the central theme of what feels good and what doesn't. And, and would you would it be correct to say that we just mindfully stay with what is that? Yes, exactly. We stay with that question precisely without moving away from what doesn't feel good or moving towards what does feel good. We stay with the question, what is this? What is this? 
So in the Veritas, Veritas and Lux uh, series, A Mindful Look at Illumination and Art, you, you mentioned poetry. Do you write poetry, Anne? And, and I'm wondering what poets you'll be using, or is this a surprise, all to be revealed? <laughs> <laughs> um, I've always loved poetry since I was a young child. Um, but the poets that I tend to gravitate towards for mindfulness are are pretty well known, you know, it's people like Rumi and Mary Oliver and mm. Wendell, Be- Wendell Berry is one of my favorites. Um, I'm trying to think who else. I have other people that I like, but they're, they're fairly well known. Um, Milos, um, David White. Wonderful. Yeah. So uh, with this experience we're all going through, <laughs> Uh, this quarantine experience, has this actually encouraged your students uh, more on the path of mindfulness? How I'm wondering if you have a notion of the pros and cons that, that your students and, and your own experience, what you've gone through with this, with this quarantine culture that we're in right now. Um, pros and cons of the, of the quarantine? Yes, okay. as related to mindfulness. Sure. Um, I just think this pandemic is so stressful, and I definitely have seen an increase in um, <clears throat> people's interest in mindfulness during this time, as well as an increase in interest in psychotherapy. Um, I feel like the pandemic is so terrifying, but it also really curtails the scope of our life, and it just makes these incessant demands on us that mm. it kind of grind us down, you know, as it continues day after day and week after week, and month after month um it's really difficult and you know a lot of us are just slogging along and sort of putting one foot in front of the other and getting through it as best we can so for the art series i would say that taking a short break in your day to sit quietly to look at something beautiful to engage your imagination and to interact with other thoughtful people it's such an antidote, you know, it gives me a sense of freedom of spirit. Yes, it um, sounds like a wonderful tonic. And before we wrap up, i um, love to ask you, what is your personal hope for the year ahead? In other words, how might the virtual series Veritas and Lux, a mindful look at illumination and art, possibly provide support to an individual, not only through the month of December, but hopefully beyond, because you were on a roll speaking to just that. So... I'd love right. to just, yes, if you could give us some a nice summation there. <laughs> sure. Um, you know, we may not be able to go out of the house, but we can open up space in our mind. You know, worlds can open up in our imagination, and associations and links can form um, poetically. I just think anything creative is such an antidote to um, the, you know, just the, the grinding daily routine uh, and the sort of confinement that we're all experiencing and confinement itself, you know, is um, a sort of a way of encouraging us to to turn inward. And we're about to hit the winter solstice, you know, when the light is going to start returning. So I think that all of this can be really helpful, both in these darkest times and going forward. It certainly sounds like a much-needed tonic for all of us to me. So thank you, Anne Dutton, for sharing these valuable insights. And would you please tell listeners where they can find for more information about the webinar online and any other information you'd like to share in terms of support and available <laughs> services before we say goodbye? Sure. Um, two places. One is the Yale Art Gallery calendar. You need to go to the calendar And there you will find the date and time of our workshops and how to register. And there are plenty of other places that are giving free online um, mindfulness workshops and practices. One that comes to mind is the Copper Beach Institute in West Hartford. They have daily offerings, which are free. And there's a lot of other places. Um, So... You know, whether you're connected with Yale or not, there are many, many communities that are opening themselves and providing resources for free. 
Wonderful. Anne Dutton, thank you so much for joining us on What's Happening New Haven. And we wish you a very wonderful holiday season ahead. And thank you for just switching gears with us on the program today. We appreciate having you on. Thanks so much for having me. Be well. You too, Anne. Thank you. If you're just now switching us on, this is WPKN 89.5 FM. I'm Bonnie Likes here with engineer Sean Bigler. This is What's Happening New Haven. And next up, we're delighted to have the director of Kayla Liddell Gallery with us, Liz Antle O'Donnell. Kayla Liddell is situated on Whaley Avenue in the heart of Westville Village in New Haven. And Liz will share the details about a safely orchestrated, up-close-and-personal art experience you can have right there in the gallery space itself. So let's welcome Liz to the show. Liz Antle O'Donnell, welcome back to What's Happening New Haven. Thanks for coming on the December show. Oh, thank you so much for having us. We love joining you. So Our pleasure. Thank you. And I just want to say thank goodness for Keller Liddell Gallery because you have managed to generate and contribute during these crazy offbeat times. But Liz, before we launch into the very cool ways to experience art this month at Keller Liddell, can we go over the gallery's background? You know, it's one of the oldest retail galleries in New Haven. And besides the obvious impetus of simply buying and selling art, who, why, and how was the gallery founded? Sure, yeah. So, um, Keller Liddell was founded in 2003 by eight artists, um, as far as I understand. <laughs> three of the, three of the um, original founding members uh, were thinking back now, who were they? <laughs> who were the eight artists? But anyhow, yeah. So, um, and it was one of the early anchors um to the sort of Westville arts renaissance, if you will. Um, Westville is a really um, happening spot for the arts in New Haven, mm-hmm. um, as I'm sure you and your listeners know. Um, and it, we're an artist collective. Um, we are representing currently 26 um, local Connecticut-based artists, many from New Haven, but also um, outside of New Haven. Um, and yes, uh, all of the artists have been juried into membership. It's a um, peer review kind of process. Um, and um, the artists at um, at our meetings will review new applicants and um, decide if they feel the art fits in with um, the gallery. Um, but then once admitted, um, an artist is permitted to show anything they choose. Um, and uh yeah so in addition to uh an just totally um gorgeous i think space to show art mm. um we also um well prior to current times but we also do um uh, a lot of related programming um primarily in partnership with uh, a nonprofit art econ initiative which is a small um, nonprofit in the neighborhood um pretty new um whose mission is to produce ongoing programs in the um, area for all ages um so um, a lot of that happens at the gallery from like we were doing like monthly story hours through like artist talks, movie screenings, um, workshops. Um, yeah, so a lot of it happens at the gallery and with the gallery artists, but it also happens throughout the village. Um, so we're doing a little less of that now, mm-hmm. and, you know, of course, but um, yes. So, so yes, what, what do you think uh, has given Keller Liddell the momentum to survive all these years? I suspect it has to do with all this great collaborative energy. Yeah, that is a huge key. Um, uh, and, you know, being a collective uh, gallery, we, we really all work together to make it possible. Um, artists gallery sit once a month, um, contributing, you know, to making this place survive. So I actually started myself as an artist in 2013 before becoming um, the director. Um, 
and so yeah and just being creative and sort of you know um trying to make it on art sales alone is really a challenge um but uh you know we also will like rent out our space for private events um and things like that so and you know working with a team of artists that are just all around amazing and wonderful uh, yeah so. that's great liz please describe your own work and background love to hear the types of materials you use what inspires you because you're going to have involvement uh, with this next exhibit that we certainly want to hear all about um, but could you give us a taste of your background and and uh, how you came up as an artist yourself oh sure um let me put on my other hat <laughs> um yeah so well i'm originally from new haven um and i've um always you know uh, enjoyed creating and making art. Um, I actually studied English, but um, I sort of always took art classes along the way and um, really fell in love with printmaking in, in college, in particular, um, uh, linoleum printing. So it's something that I continue to do and have gone back to study a bit more in depth and um, various places as well. And then um, <laughs> I, so linoleum printing is a kind of relief printing. It's like wood um, woodcuts. I I'll like first mm. do some sketching um, of what I want to create, um, and and then um, from there like transfer it to the block, carve it, um, and print it. And it's a kind of printmaking that you can really do all by hand. So I do. Um, I don't have a press or anything. I just I print by hand. Um, and so. Um, yeah, I do uh, prints, and also then I do like print collage, which is um, uh, sort of. I, I guess um, oftentimes I'll have like a big a big idea for a show or something. So like one of mm -hmm. my recent shows, I focused on um, gated communities, um, and sort of, you know I'll tend to like plan these things out and each piece you know have big installations sort of like one of the sort of the uh center installation of that show was a a grid of four by four uh prints and there were three model homes and printed in a wide variety of colors ah. and it was called um build your dream home so wow the, um, and the grid was like I don't know, 160 some odd on the wall, and then some Ooh. in a um, some in a uh, a container next to that. And so, so people were invited to just come up and find their dream home, pick out their model, pick out their color, take it right off the wall if they want, take it you know out of the bin, sort of an interactive. Um, how thing. wonderful! <laughs> oh, I love take that. Take it home for twenty four ninety nine or whatever it was. <laughs> <laughs> that's so. that's amazing. Now, was this at Keller Liddell or did you? Yeah. Have oh wow, that's so interesting. <laughs> yeah, it was now this was something that I'm a little confused. Was that were you commissioned by a gated community to do this work, or was this just an inspiration no. for people to dream, imagine, and get creative with what they want to en envision for their home? Yeah, so I um, I came about on that sort of subject because I had just recently had um, my first child, and I was um, watching a lot of HGTV actually, <laughs> and uh -huh. kind of got interest just to kind of like stay awake, you know, in those early days when they're up all the time. Right, right. And so, um, yeah, I just I kind of became fascinated with the like model home and gated community thing and at the time ah. um, yeah it was like right when um uh trump had been elected and so it sort of seemed to me so i started doing a lot of research into gated communities and there seemed to be some parallels there between that and like the border wall talk and all that gotcha um so yeah there were a few um and then my husband and I collaborated on some video pieces as well. And um, anyhow, but from there, I um, sort of uh, following a show with such like kind of like an in-depth theme um, to kind of decompress. I'll sometimes take 
those images and like cut them all up and do some collage work and sort of repurpose things. And so um, I've been doing a lot of um, different collages with these homes now. And so that's mm. what I have in this show actually was some, <laughs> some circular works for my last show I had created. I was pregnant at the time actually. And um, uh, as one artist noted, he said, I wonder if that's why you're interested in circles. <laughs> ah. Um, I said, no, that's a good <laughs> thought. Um, so everything I presented was circles, um, and um, and I and there were I think nine um, circular print collages with some of these homes from the previous show um, called that I called Moon Cycles, and then I've taken um, a couple of those and uh, turned them into uh, clocks for this show. <laughs> I see. Oh, Liz, I'm looking at your work right now, Liz Antle O'Donnell. You can visit the KellerLiddell.com website and see. I just love this one with the wood picket fence against the black and white woodcut. Their images is that it, those are from you were saying the woodcut uh, start. Yeah, so it's basically like woodcut, but it's linoleum. Oh, linoleum, right. It's okay, basically yes. Basically the same thing, yeah. <laughs> oh, it's beautiful. Oh, these are great. Oh, I strong. Yeah, hopefully, if you're not driving in your car, you can pop over to the website, kaylaliddell.com, and and see Liz's work. And, of course, your, your, um, your cohort as well. Um, these are great. Oh, and you have some wonderful, these look like uh, radio transmitters. <laughs> <laughs> out on the highway yep. so yeah. so great wow so fantastic and then yes you get into some interesting oh okay these are the other artists robert blenstock frank bruckman mm-hmm. um yes tom edwards who, who we've interviewed on the program before well this is great this is a great segue list to um uh start uh talking about what is up for december at the gallery and we'd love to hear your part in it too because it's an interesting event isn't it yeah, so this um, is our annual group show that um, usually we um, will just essentially just divide up the gallery um, and usually artists get actually about six feet, which we thought was, you know, timely. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, um, uh, and we just say, show whatever you like. Um, mm. you know, it's mm-hmm. sort of like the holiday time people might think about, you know, exhibiting works that are, um, you know, uh, maybe on the lower end for them of price points, mm-hmm. um, and to kind of hopefully encourage art as gifts for your friends and family. Yes. Um, yes. But th- this year I think we kind of, um, wanted to do a little bit more than than that um maybe just give ourselves a little extra inspiration or um around this show and one of the artists um mark saint mary he's a photographer um he was talking about having an experience where he sat in the gallery and noticed that um, visitors were not really spending that much time looking at the art and, and sort of more just zipping through the space. And he had a thought that it would be fun to have a show that he would call, do you have a minute? And um, have, <laughs> a time, uh, have like a timed chime go to like um, challenge folks to stay with a piece for a longer amount of time before oh, moving on. Very smart. Yeah. And so... We really liked that idea, and then um, a small group of us started talking about, well, maybe we could have the works kind of themed, you know, as well to this time and space sort of idea. So we left it really gen, like a very general. Um, so there's a wide array of interpretations, and as someone actually, Tom Edwards noted, he's like, well, that could really be anything, you know. Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> but um, so you'll find, you know. Um, People, um, several artists have sort of presented works that investigate um, the passing of time in nature or more like personal or abstract meditations on time and space. Um, Some, Mm. like myself, have taken it a little more literal with the clock um, Mm -hmm. idea or another artist, um, R.F. Wilton, has um, a little series of works of 
of space, like eclipse um, and night sky photography. Um, mm. So, and we also have a real range of um, of media uh, represented, you know, from sculpture to paintings to prints and collage and encaustics, and, and you'll find a wide variety um and then we also um set up the gallery in such a way so the uh the main gallery space um is about the, the front two-thirds of of the gallery um is set up with the time and space show oh, and okay. we've set it up um in sort of a more traditionally um installation and in but even more like airy kind of feel between the collections. Mm, um, mm-hmm. And then the back third that we call the North gallery space, we had installed in salon style. Uh-huh. Um, so that's just sort of this explosion of works from everyone. There's like over 100 artworks back there and they're all interlocking and really close to one another. Ah. Um, so kind of in a physical installation of this space becomes this sort of play between like, you know, space, no space, time, no time um, idea. Nice. Um, so the gallery itself is almost part of the exhibit in a sense. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Now what happens when somebody walks through the door, Liz? What, what, what is the first thing that happens? Would you sort of go to a spot to stand on and then the chime will ring eventually or? Oh, so we are actually um, planning to, do um, Mark's sort of original idea for just one weekend. Um, so on December 5th, Saturday, December 5th, and Sunday, December 6th, uh-huh. um, from 11 to 2 both days. That's the weekend that we will, that we plan to um, do this idea. So we're going to okay. make kind of like a track on the ground um, with spots to, to, um, stand and then move to Mm -hmm. um not sure exactly how that'll look yet but um yeah and then there will be a timed chime so um people will be well spaced out um i should say we are currently um open fridays and saturdays 11 to 2 and then first Sundays of the month. So that Sunday is the first Sunday. Thank you. Perfect. Um, I'm glad you mentioned that. So do you give a, a theme for submissions? Is that is this how you sort of can get these collaborative uh, exhibits titled? Um, so this one is just a member artist show. Okay. Uh, is that, yeah. So um, anyone in the gallery can participate. And yeah, we decide these things all together. Um, I uh, see. I got yeah. you. Okay, great. Great. Um, but we do have an annual juried show that's typically in the spring, though I'm not sure if it'll be the same time frame this year or not mm-hmm. because things are a bit different. Um, but where the the again the artists will all talk together to develop a theme for the show, and then um, we open it up to anyone to apply to um, participate. Fantastic. And I also remember not to switch horses uh, on. Um, themes and topics but if, so if you want to mention anything about this up this current because this started uh the month of november isn't that right liz the- yeah it started on november 5th and goes through december 20th wonderful now you also had a really creative theme that was so great and really just what people need to get out of the house and and just experience and immerse themselves in another world. You had the the kind of like eat, you you were in liaison with some uh, restaurant and yeah. a dating. Can, are you still doing that or is that is that going to come back uh, yeah. next season or what's going on with that? So we do still plan to do that. You know, I I, I sort of keep stressing these are our plans because I guess right. we never know what yeah <laughs> what will change. So do check the website just to you know confirm but we yeah we are still planning to do double date night and um that was an an initiative created by uh, my colleague muffy pendergast yes muffy director right she's yes she is the assistant director that's right Yeah, yeah gotcha gotcha so um and we intend to have the next one on december 17th and 18th from five to seven i'm not sure who 
the participating restaurant will be. Mm. But this is an opportunity to come to the gallery. There will be no more than four people um, in the space at a time. So, it's, mm. you know, you can um, you can decide to, like, double up with another couple to come. Yeah, or yeah, you can fun. just sign up um, as one couple. It can be um, you and a significant other or you and your mom or... Yeah, you know, it doesn't right. have to be a love thing. <laughs> right, right, right. Yes. Everybody um, needs the uh the this wonderful kind of diversion. Please continue. Yeah. Yeah, so you'll visit the gallery and have 30 minutes in the space um the which is really it's like over 2000 square feet with like 12 to 14 foot ceilings. It's a really large space, so um Ooh, nice. uh to distance can is Canon is kept and masks are required for entry into the gallery. Yes. Um, and then following um, the 30 minutes there, you'll kind of get a, a really fun memento um, Polaroid picture of you and your, your uh, co art viewer. <laughs> and then you'll go um, to one of the restaurants that are in Westville, um, and it's just a short walk. So we have free parking behind the gallery and then you can walk over to whatever the restaurant is we're partnering with. Um, I believe we've, um, we're hoping to also have a takeout option. Um, if you don't want to dine there. Sounds um, nice. Yes. And yeah. Liz, would you mind describing just for people who don't know or who haven't been to New Haven in a long time, what the surrounding neighborhood around the gallery is like? What is it like around there? Yeah. So Westville is, is just such a wonderful neighborhood, I think. Um, so in the little downtown village area, um, there, there are several different galleries. Um, there are, um, and small, small shops. Um, there are, there's, um, artist housing and artist studios. Um, there's a large park, Edgewood Park, which is a really beautiful park, um, not that far from our space. Um, and yeah, some really delicious restaurants like Rawa Restaurant. Um, Fabulous. New spot, Camacho Garage opened up. Ooh, um, cool Stachio. name. Yeah. Um, he uh, it had done... Um, uh, Shell and Bones and... Oh, yes, Shell and Bones, right, and, by the uh, theater. the other one, Geronimo's. I yes, think Geronimo's, right. Yeah. So this is like a taco, um, primarily, I think, stand. I haven't been there yet, but... Yeah, Geronimo, then, I think it's just across the board... Um, uh, Mexican eatery. It's it's mm. leaning towards the gourmet side. It's really nice. Yeah. Yeah. So it's the same chef... Um, and uh, then Pistachio Cafe opened up in Lada Studio, which is a co-working space down the road from us. Um, and Pistachio Cafe was opened by the artist Mohammed Hafez, who's from Syria, mm. Syrian Cafe, um, which I hear rave reviews about. Um, yeah, it's 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 like a very art-centered, um, fun. Uh, village <laughs> and then is this neighborhood somewhat tree-lined does it have sort of a romantic appeal with a uh, with um, some a little bit of nature peppered throughout <laughs> yeah 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 definitely and and then that park there that i had noted um has some nice uh nature trails too oh nice wonderful hey liz does the gallery still have what i i'm going to call satellite exhibits i noticed mention of course of the blake hotel on the website mm -hmm. is there anything going on there these days um, yes, currently there um, is a show by Penrod Studios, I believe, still up at the Blake Hotel, um, and it's a series of African birds, uh, photographs of African birds there, mm. um, and yeah, uh, and that's on their roof, um, their rooftop. Oh, great. It, yeah. yeah, it sounds like you. There, there are definitely ways to feel inspired and things to do. Um, thanks to Keller Liddell Gallery. And what would you say are the future horizons that your board is hashing around, uh, waiting to see what happens with COVID guide guidelines? What What are the inspirations for the future that people can look forward to, perhaps uh, in in the middle of winter and and perhaps a little beyond? Or is this is this still on the slab? Yeah. So, um, well, another thing 
that we have been doing is something called Salon Thrive, which ah. is um, Zoom conversations. Um, and so actually, um, there's a really nice, um, I'd say, collection of um, videos now on our website where you can really see an insider's look into a lot of the artists that are exhibiting in this show. You can really take a look into their studios and their practices through these videos that we have started to create. Um, And the conversations will start with this video sort of introduction to the artist and whatever it is that they'd like to talk about. Um, And then we'll have a conversation with whoever joins um and so we are taking a little bit of a break right now and um designing the future of those conversations um Mm -hmm. we're thinking about maybe having conversations based around like what today you know let's talk about photography in a general kind of a way or you know different media um uh so but that will be um published soon um, and then following this show, after the new year, we have um, uh, a husband and wife um, photography uh, team sometimes, and then individual artists sometimes, uh-huh. who I had just mentioned are exhibiting at the Blake. Um, they are up, and um, they are Penny and Penryn and Rod Cook. They're actually um, based in Bridgeport. Um, ah. And they're going to be showing uh, work uh called a show called postcards from france and um penryn has a series of landscapes um uh, and rod some more figurative works um Mm -hmm. and that should promise us to be a beautiful show and yeah we're just we have our our calendar and um generally we rotate you know between the two group shows a year this this one and then the jury show i had mentioned then we have for the rest of the year we all have two members exhibiting at a time in the main gallery space um but we're being having to just kind of be a little bit flexible you know because we're not sure what tomorrow brings so right now did you did you mention liz sorry if i didn't catch this the uh, the talks with the artists, this is interactive with some Q&A from, from participants, uh, and is it on the Zoom platform? Yeah, so you can join in on the Zoom platform, um, and yeah, um, we um, love for participants to, to join in and um, ask questions, share comments, um, definitely. Um, and we've also started putting them onto facebook live if anyone's feeling sort of zoomed out but they want to just tune in (laughs) that's sort of an option also nice do you find that you get art students or uh, yeah uh, developing artists themselves uh, attending yeah sometimes i mean it's definitely a real mix of you know we we've had some people that um you know come every time um and then each with each conversation we have different um, audience too. So, right, Liz. Um, thank you so much for coming on the program. And before we wrap up, I'd love you to shout out pertinent information, uh, the website and the address of the gallery, and perhaps the hours before we sign off. Yeah, absolutely. Um, thank you so much for having us on today. Um, we are at Keller Liddell Gallery at eight seventy three Whaley Avenue with parking behind the gallery. So you can turn onto Tour Avenue um, and and we're the second driveway on the left. Um, and our website, which I encourage you to check before coming just to make sure um, of everything, is kellerliddellgallery.com. And we're currently open Fridays, Saturdays, and first Sundays of the month, 11 to 2. And I, I found your work, Liz Antle O'Donnell, just really enchanting. I, I, I look forward to seeing it in person. And we thank you so much for inspiring and generating the creative works at Keller mm-hmm. Liddell Gallery. And we look so forward to having our next conversation with you. Always great to touch base. Thank you so much. We, we look forward to it as well and, and really appreciate the opportunity. Yes, as I said before we started talking, it's a win-win for both of us. Yeah. You're keeping the arts alive. Thanks, Liz, and have a beautiful day ahead. We try. Thank you. You too. Bye-bye. Bye.
That about wraps it up for this December edition of What's Happening New Haven. Thanks for being with us here on WPKN, listener-supported radio. I'm Bonnie Likes with engineer Sean Bigler, and we wish you a healthy, cheerful transition into winter this month with maybe just a little old-fashioned holiday cheer ahead, however that would show up for you, whether it's a walk through a frosty forest or sitting around the fireplace wrapping a gift or two. But we'll be back the first Monday at high noon in January to welcome you into the new year and to keep you in the loop of what's up in New Haven and surrounding areas. So till then, stay safe, be well, and be the kind soul you truly are.
Oh, God. 